All right, social media family. Thank you for joining us for another installment of the Lesson from David series. Now, we're on Lesson 7 tonight, and the subtitle is Overcoming Criticism. Overcoming Criticism. So that's definitely a topic that is relevant, especially for us believers, because your light, when your light is shining, it's going to mm -hmm. attract criticism. All right. Now, before we jump into the text, when you hear that word criticism, what comes to mind? What pictures come to, to mind when you hear criticism? Yeah, it can be positive, can but be most, positive. most of the time it's, somebody don't like what you're saying or doing. So the, the phrase constructive criticism yes. is like where it's really a critique in the hope that you can improve on something mm -hmm. and you make something better. Mm -hmm. right? But criticism, there's no goodwill behind that. Just flat criticism. It's yeah, it just below you. There you go. It can make you feel you know, below. below. It make you feel right. Good at all. Usually people that do that are building their self up. They're telling you that because they feel superior when they're doing that. So let's keep that in mind as we go back to 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. We're going to start at verse 26 and then we're going to look, we're going to look at verse 28. All right. In the New Living Translation, it says this. David asked the soldier standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway, that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And these men gave David the same reply. They said, yes, that is the reward for killing him. 28. But when David's oldest brother, Elab, heard David talking to the man, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. All right. So I'm reading this in, that, in the Amplified, verse 28. It says, now Elab, his oldest brother, heard what he said to the men. And Elab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why do you come here? With whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and evilness of heart, for you came down that you might see the battle. All right. So we're talking about criticism. Mm -hmm. David is getting a, getting a little bit here. A little bit. He's getting skinned. <laughs> From his older brother, right? Mm -hmm. Now, first off, he says, those few sheep. Now, couldn't he just say it? Sheep. Those sheep. Mm -hmm. But to put a little extra... Little, little twist in the knife. He says, those few sheep. 
So now what's what how strong is the temptation in moments like that to respond back with the same energy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not always good. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I take a few sheep. I take care of a lot of sheep. I take very good care of them and whatever. Yeah. Because yeah, the temptation is strong to do like Julie said, to defend yourself mm-hmm. and to also hand get a jab in yourself. Yeah, hand out. I use the word, the word, the phrase, and I hand out some receipts of my own. <laughs> you have to look yeah. at it and you say, yeah. Dad yeah. wouldn't even trust you with the sheep. That's why I got them. <laughs> you know, you know, I can tell yeah. on you. I know what you did one. last month, and this and that. Right? That's good. It's like, when's the last time you killed a lion and a bear? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I like that. Right. <laughs> so, so you see, so you see this interaction with his older brother already trying, trying to present itself as a stumbling block. Yeah. Right. Trying to trip. Right. But now let's look at David's response. Verse twenty-nine. He says. What have I done now? David replied. I was only asking a question. I know how David feel. Mm-hmm. I've been it's like the same interaction I had with the little people. Like, was, why are you upset? What's the problem? Mm-hmm. But but see, this is this is speaking to a and it, it can speak to a lot of things. But when someone, when there's a level of contempt in your heart mm-hmm. or just offense or just a negative outlook towards a person, it's real easy to interpret what they're saying or doing yeah. in a negative way. Well, hadn't that brother already saw Samuel come and declare David king of Israel? Was that before this? And maybe one of you well, yeah, maybe he maybe he was really angry. Yeah. Yeah. No, this that's was that. That's what I said. Was he ordained this came before this battle? I think he was. Yeah, he was. So imagine now the anointing oil getting poured on David and all of the seven other sons, all of them, all of them sons were rejected. Saw that. And they had to look at that. Just like yep. Joseph, right? Yeah. Like They're looking at him and thinking, "How can you be? How can you be king? You're just a little brother." And this, and this is the oldest one now, because he he's supposed to be supposed to be the one because mm-hmm. he first born, right? He the oldest. See, now I can understand because I'm the youngest, uh, and from a convict, young we get. It. Yeah, you we, did. You can't tell the oldest siblings. I was the oldest, and everything and rolled down. They feel like they older than you. Yeah. So they're wise and smart in you. So to receive yeah, instructions. Yeah, you remember the baby. You had yeah. everything so to receive instructions from the young so one. They ain't trying to hear that. Mm-hmm. It's like, I've been living long. You have. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's not that, but when you feel like you're older and the younger one is like, well, who are you? You know, I know my sisters used to say, Who do you think you are? You're not our mom, right? <laughs> all the time, I know. Yeah, so, all of us that have siblings understand, you mm-hmm. know, how, how that can work, mm-hmm. right? But now, isn't it funny though? <laughs> you think about. Like the the title of the lesson tonight is overcoming criticism. 
why is there such a strong temptation for siblings to get into this contention and strife? I don't know, but we had it at our house. <laughs> well, like I said, it's age. It's one like I said before, because the older, younger one thing, I'm hoping you. Um, yeah, that's, that's what most time I experience, is just the fact that I'm just much older than you, so therefore. My brother and I used to torture our younger brother. Yeah. He survived, but barely. Well, sometimes barely. parents don't treat each child the same. That's true, too. You know, my mother used to say, we're not playing even Stephen. You know, it's my, op if I observe that your older brother needs something, that doesn't mean that you have to get it to, I mean, we're always hearing that. We're not playing with this either. My mom but when you're young, you don't appreciate to do that. that. Our family didn't have enough money to do that. See, I'm, not, I'm not even talking about money. I'm talking about privileges or yeah, I was going to say, they bought something for somebody. Well, see, in my care. case, what you're talking about is, you know, like, I'm coming up, you know, my dad was real poor with that whole lot. But then God, when God began to really bless me, we see the manifestation of it. I, I got the fruits of that. And so, therefore, I got more than what they got. Because mm -hmm. by the time I got teenage, you know, high school, everything they wanted, we couldn't afford at the time. Oh, so, <laughs> you got it. Right. So, I was able to get the car. So that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you didn't. So I'm spoiled. Mom and like, Dad love you more, right? <laughs> but it was okay. But then that it's just that I have to be youngest, and by that time, the man received the blessing was there. So I, I was able to get the fruits of, you know, what they did. So I'm like, like payback. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I think it's also, also maybe the natural the. That syndrome or that word will probably have no honor in his own home. You know, it's kind of like they're not recognizing the anointing, yeah. the anointing that God has put on them. They're just looking at the natural brother or sibling and mm -hmm. right. yeah, just remembering, yeah, you know, where Brad he was. Or yeah, prophet, prophet's he prophet's was. not recognized in his own country, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's what they said about Jesus. Like, yeah. Isn't that Joseph's son? Yeah. He's Carpenter's son. He who's he? <laughs> That's a, and it's like the brother's like, why is he so special? Besides Even though they knew something. You feel like you have more liberty <clears throat> to act like a brat at home than out with your friends. So it's it's a safe zone mm -hmm. to be bratty. You're not gonna act like that in front of public, in front of your friends. Yeah. You don't know yeah. like we do. <laughs> All right, let's see. Now, Kevin then gave a sneak preview of where we're going next. Okay. But, okay. but, but thinking about, just thinking about pro proximity, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, being common. There's a phrase that, that I used to hear back in the day, like, you don't, don't, don't be too familiar with God or be, don't, don't refer to him as common, mm -hmm. right? So, but and I'm thinking, okay, what does that really mean? But you think about it, there's a difference between how you treat the everyday China and the China that you only pull out for Christmas and Thanksgiving. Right? There's a there's a there's a, a, a carefulness 
there's a level of reverence that you have for this mm -hmm. because it's set apart. Yeah. Right. So thinking about how, you know, when you with family, they see you all the time. They are present in right. that, especially, you know, family you live with. Mm -hmm. They're around you consistently. You know, y'all smell each other. You know, sometimes when you smell good, you know, don't smell so good. When you, you you trip up, you got you wake up in the morning, you got eye boogers, you got <laughs> they they see all that stuff, right? Yeah. So it's it's harder to appreciate what God has placed in you mm -hmm. it's true. because they see that you know just the the the, the natural self more consistently. They see your humanity, right? <laughs> right. And so you got a lot of things working here with David's older brother. You can, you know, you got the the envy, right? And then just the fact that it was like, and out of out of all the brothers, it's got to be the little one, the one I did tending sheep. So it's a lot of things working. So it, it'll, I mean, in the natural, you you understand why he's feeling some kind of. But looking at it from a spiritual perspective, understanding, okay, I can can I take pride in the fact that my brother has been anointed king and I'm connected with him like that. I'm that close to the anointing. But again, it takes, you know, a spiritual perspective, looking at things spiritually to to, to digest and appreciate what's in your midst. But even in that culture back then, wasn't the, the oldest theme or mm -hmm. than other brothers? Yeah. Yeah, because the firstborn is supposed to get the birthright. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, carries a lot. Supposed to. Right. I wonder if the older ones felt like they lost something too. Like in Joseph's story too, you know, but also, you know, I've talked to David that the older sibling, the older brother, oldest brother, and older ones were like, the tension was off of them, you know, like, it's, I have to um, be affirmed, you know, by, oh, I'm, I'm the prestige, you know, like, ah. and then, like, oh, my parents, you know, my dad, my father, my grandfather, whoever was around is like, they're not going to love me. They're not going to take pride in me anymore because I'm not, you know, here it is David, the little brother, the little cutie brother out in the field, you know, he's got all the attention now. I was just saying about the emotional, you know, connection. Did you speak to what um, Gene talked about? Earlier, you know, when they was a, when Samuel was anointed king, remember, you know, he was the first one, and Samuel said, "Well, no, he not, didn't, not him. No, it's not him." And then he probably felt like, you know, this is kind of what was wrong with me. You know, felt some kind of way. What you mean? I'm not qualified. This and that. I'm the oldest. I got the birthright, as you said. Mm -hmm. Hey, what you mean? I'm not qualified to be there. So. You know, if he, if he yeah, if, when Samuel says, no, this ain't one, mm -hmm. what you mean I'm not the one? Yeah. And another thing to note here, too, all of the brothers and King Saul, they're like there, right? Mm -hmm. You know, in the, in the midst of the mockery that Goliath is doing, mm -hmm. you don't hear any record of them challenging Goliath. Mm -hmm. 
But David is asking these questions. Right. And he's making this bold statement. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm I'm ready to do something. So that confidence, that faith, is convicting them. Yeah. Okay. Think about that. Because they they on the sideline, they sure. Right. But David's like, what? It's true. They were given, you know, on Goliath's side, like, there's probably throwing wreaths at his feet, like, you know, all the women, like, cheerleading him on. It was no, like, mm -hmm. it was not competition, you know? So, mm -hmm. that's crazy, you know? So, when we talking about, like, standing out and letting your light shine, it's going to attract criticism. Like, one of the points on the outline, it says, Andrew says here is if you're going to be a giant killer, you need to recognize that criticism will come your way. Next point, he says, if you get a different attitude and start operating in faith instead of fear, if you stand up to your giants instead of running from them, if you recognize your covenant rights and privileges and start speaking forth your faith, you will be criticized. All right. After David killed the giant, he should have came back and said, what do you think now, big brother? <laughs> that would have been enough. What do you think now? <laughs> now I'm thinking about that, that old um, hip-hop song, How You Like Me Now. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> he holding his head and yeah. then that, that song comes on. Right? <laughs> but see, you know, and but that just speaks, it speaks to the point, though, where your faith, your boldness, confidence is going to it's going to move the needle for people yeah. they'll either be attracted to you right and 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 and, and build on that and want to connect with that faith or they're going to reject you mm -hmm. and criticize because very seldom you're going to get somebody that's neutral right you you know it, it's going your faith is going to polarize the environment when it's bold like that. Yeah, and I think that's the challenge because, you know, you if you have this need to fit in or to be like or be accepted, then when people um come against you because you're bold in this faith, then it's gonna be tough. Mm -hmm. You know, like, well why they don't like me? I don't want to do this, you know, doing what God says. Then you're gonna struggle. It's like, and I think I, I've experienced that. I don't know if anybody, but you know, when you stand to God, you, you know you're doing the right thing, mm -hmm. and you get attacked for it. You be like, yeah. "Don't make no sense." It's like, okay, all I'm doing is just standing for what I believe in. That's how you know you're doing the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why I said I had to get away from my brothers earlier. You know, yesterday, mm -hmm. I just. I knew that if I stayed because of the way they feel right now, it would be a challenge. Even though I'm like I've taken some meds, but still they know how I feel and they do they don't look it's really hard to criticize in their own way, you know. I know what they're doing, like I just have to walk away. They're just like you're not gonna argue it. They're not they're just gonna say what they wanna say and I just keep doing what I need to do. So, yeah, well, sometimes people interpret that as you think you're better than they are. That's what it is. And that's what it gets interpreted as. Yeah, no, it's and not you don't hear that at no, all. It's not, it's not no, bad. you're like, look how good God is, though. Look how good you think you are. God's doing that for you. 
Is this that you're not in agreement? I just don't agree with you based on the word of God. This is what I agree with, and I'm going to stand in that. But they take it as, well, well, who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. Right? You know, it's, it's just what the word says. Mm-hmm. But you're right there, interpret it as something else. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, they tend to get, you may get criticism as they did here, or they may push you away. But it's like I said, you're not trying to say, okay, this, this is what I believe. This is what I stand on. And like you said, sometimes you, you can't be around people who are constant or trying to push that on you yeah. to believe the way they believe. It's like, no, I don't believe that way. Right. Yeah. And uh, just thinking about that, you see why the author of Hebrews says what he does about gathering together. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because there's plenty of people that are going, you know, out in the world system that are going to beat you down and try to subdue and suffocate your faith. You know, when you start talking about believing God and, you know, you 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 swimming upstream. Yeah, they'll meet you a certain, you know, sometimes they'll meet you at a certain day, but if you start going a little, a little deeper, a little, mm-hmm. some of the more personal things that God is really doing, they start going, but, but, and they you're saying that, but that's not what my Bible says. Like, when was the last time you picked the Bible? <laughs> and I'm talking because I know some of the, you know, I know what mm-hmm. they did. It's like, okay, that's you're being challenged and criticized at the same time. Yeah, I sit amongst like 30 something year old women, my peers and stuff, and ladies, I really care about friends of mine and stuff. And I've had situations where some will be a couple years younger than me or more, and it'll be. Um, you know, I didn't even have a baby before it's too late. I'm 34, and I'll be sitting there, and I go, girl, I go, come on now. What does that make me? You know, and I go, the Bible says this or whatever. It's relatable. And right. like, well, you know, yes, you're right, Julie. And I was like, yeah, you know, come on, let's believe good, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think the world has us getting all of us old and decrepit before our times anyway, no matter what age you are. But definitely standing on the word, that's a, that's a step up, you know. Mm-hmm. Couple more points from our outline it says, when you believe for victory, speak forth your faith and go for it. You condemn the average person's mediocre life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, like like we said, with the light, mm-hmm. your light is shining bright, and it make a real dim. <laughs> and that's when you hear whoever you're talking to say. Who do you think you are? Well, you know why? Because we have an opportunity yeah. to humble ourselves and say, "I'm going to be like that one day." You know, when I'm going to have that kind of faith, but most people don't do that because they're not mature enough. Right. And then that jealousy kicks in. Mm-hmm. Now that's now that's a good one. Now, how do I position myself to respond like Terry just said, instead of responding like David's old brother or Joseph's brothers? Well, I think you have to know that this, the same promise she has. It's for me yeah, also. That's not a respected person. Not a respected person. So if you think it was just for poor little her, you know her, then you're gonna be like, well, uh, you know, you're gonna have fear some type of way. But you like, well, if she speaks and say, okay, you know what? If that, if she, I'm a believer, she's a believer. Then that's for me too. So I'm gonna get an agreement off. So I'm leading my faith forward. You know, to get on her level, you know, so that I can believe God for that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Because the thing about it is the world system is 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 hinged on lack and fear, mm-hmm. yes. scarcity. That's 
So if you get blessed, then that must mean that there's less for me. Yeah, it's just okay. So it's good for me. Like that. Right. Mm-hmm. But like you said, if you know God, that he's limitless, you belong to him. You're not going to get upset Mm-mm. when your brother or sister gets blessed. You see the blessing manifested itself. And we, I shouldn't even say get blessed because you're already blessed. They said when you see the manifestation of it, right? You're not going to get upset. It's like, oh, praise the Lord. That's good. I'm, I'm, I celebrate with them. And I'm thankful that mine is on the way. Because like the scripture says, he's no respecter of persons. But if you but if you don't know that, right. if that's not in you, then that temptation, you know, to to get jealous and envious is going to be there. I wonder if some of that comes too from our lack of understanding the body, because if if your hand gets blessed, your foot's not going to be jealous. Your foot's going to be happy that another part of your body is functioning. That's good, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't look at each other as we're all one. One, right, and so when one benefits, actually we all benefit. When something wonderful happens to you, it's it's happening to the whole body. It's not really just you. So, but we don't see it that way. That's good. Because think about it. Now let's let's make it plain with the the body analogy. How silly is it for your foot to be jealous when your hand gets a glove? Exactly. Why did why did he get the isotonic gloves? That don't, that's not fair. I'm one of them. I'm one of foot. You a foot. What you gonna do with a glove? Right? Yeah. But I mean, this is the type of stuff that we that we do. All we all of us have been guilty of it to yes. a certain degree. We compete with each other yeah. rather than add to one another or see that your blessing is my blessing. Bearing one another's burdens, and that's why I've said recently here, mom knows this. I know me personally, in my life right now, I've been almost off of social media. I mean, I have it, but I don't really go on a lot because I go, you know, I think we all say, I'm good, I'm good, I'm great on there, but you really aren't. But then other people are looking at it thinking you're great and thinking, well, my life's not great. And, you know, it just causes this horrible thing, the fake relationship, mm-hmm. instead of, like, one-on-one, like, how are things going, you know? superficial. You know, yeah, it's like, I saw you got married, or you had a baby or something, and, and you hear they're really doing good, or you see it really isn't. I know of somebody, I'll say it that way, they just, this is an example, they just got married, it's somebody, they're an acquaintance of mine, they were not, like, bad, I just haven't seen them in years, and, you know, you go on Facebook, you know, you have thoughts of, oh, yeah, that's nice, yeah, but I don't want to look at that right now. And then I found out from a mutual person, they told me, they go, and it was, it was confidential because of the way they knew, they go, I said, I saw they got married recently, whatever, and they go, they know for a fact, this person, after they got married, they ended up in the mental hospital. It's not always what it appears, you know, and then how can we help each other? Yeah, when, you know, we're being jealous, and then instead of being happy, or being, like, more observant, like, is it really all smiles behind that camera? <laughs> Just an example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the social media thing is like it. It can be, it it can be a, a tool, 
A powerful tool. Absolutely. Boy, it could be extremely destructive. Oh, yes. Because you think about you remember back in the day they had the show Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, right? Right? But now, you had to wait every week for a new episode of that. You can go on social media and get that every hour. Yeah. And and it's your neighbor that's that's the rich and famous. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So at least that's the projection. That's what's being put out there. And if you are looking at that with that sense of lack in your in your heart, then all that's going to do is just feed that discontent, the jealousy, all that negative emotion. It's going to feed all that. So this is why the, this is why I say you know if as far as your your mental well being, your soul is concerned, you need to be very careful about how much social media you consume. Because if you because if you have some you know if there's some a, a, a slight bit of a spirit of heaviness or spirit of fear mm-hmm. that you're dealing with, leave social media alone. Leave it alone because it's going all it's going to do is feed that fear or feed that heaviness. I do zero. I, I don't, don't have any. I don't have any. I don't think what no, I don't no, think no. I need it. No, well, I mean, I think also, I mean, it's just I think it's bad for our teenagers. I think. To me, I think yeah, it, you're right. we should be old enough to be able to handle it. Because the thing at that, you know, like you, when you're 12, 13, you don't need no, social media. You're right. You know what Macy said to me? I took him to the pool yesterday. He says, Oma, I just don't feel like any of my friends, teenagers, don't know how to talk to each other. And they don't really want to. Or for, you know, especially face to face. He said, but they're not comfortable talking to each other. They want to text. Yeah, because I mean, it's just so. It, I just think you have to be. I think everything comes with, with maturity, just certain things. And I think social media, you know, when you start, because now, you know, parents give kids cell phones as gifts, you know, for birthday. And like, it's starting now, the youngest 10, 11, and they own social media and they seeing all, like he said, all this mm-hmm. stuff. And if you, you know, you're not, not mature, mature enough, enough right. right, to handle. All this stuff that you're seeing, and then you know, I mean, parents, if you're not monitoring it, you know, they can go in their room and just bring up any kind of stuff. Yeah, that's right. You know, so you know, it's, it can be destructive. I'm like glad it's even in like the secular world. That I think it's Dove or one of the companies. They had a commercial where they they pushed it to tell it that you know anorexia and bulimia and stuff. You know, so as the girl, she starts out with her phone, then she's like. Look at the mirror. Like, girls, it just makes me want to cry every time she's in the like hospital and next thing you know, like, means that we fed. I'm like, oh my god, poor anorexia and bulimia. It's just this real problem. You see the back of them, you can see their bones. Yeah, it's the same thing happened with you know with the carpenters with um, Karen Carpenter. Her story was horrible. She was a skeleton. She thought she was fast. It all started with one remark from her. You know, somebody in the media. Then it, and that was like you said, you just read it, you didn't have it. She just had someone say, yeah, you know, the fat little sister, she's playing the drums, and from then on, she tried to lose weight and it killed her because of somebody criticized her and it, it told the world even like that. It was mm-hmm. sad. Yeah. That's yeah. how it gets out of hand. A few more points from the outline it says that's the number one reason they criticize and fight against you. If you if what you're saying about walking in healing, prosperity, and joy is true, then they're wrong. 
those who don't believe, right? Those folks who who have been moaning, belly aching, and using these things to excuse their ineffective, defeated, and powerless lives are going to be condemned by what you say. That's strong. Mm-hmm. That's strong. They have to do one of two things. Repent and change mm-hmm. or, or criticize. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like we said earlier, it's going to polarize you. It's gonna polarize the environment. That that bold that bold type of faith like that. You're gonna do one one thing or the other. You're gonna turn and say, you know what, Lord, help me to walk in that type of faith, mm-hmm. and, and 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 cheer this person on, or you're gonna criticize. And if people understood what what you help him achieve. God will help you, right? Mm-hmm. We help others build, and mm-hmm. God will then you're gonna reap. God, you said earlier, just this competition that it's in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to be better than you, I'm trying to, no, I'm better in this battle, or my, you know, especially when it comes to preaching, my style is better, this style is mm-hmm. better, this and that. And so you get in this competition, and then when, as I was saying, if Judas draw the big crowd, Oh, who do you think he is? You know, he, all he trying to do is be himself. He's your brother. Right. That's who he is. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, he's part of the family. He should be happy. Right, right. Be happy for him. Be like, okay, well, you know what? Hey, uh, I try to outdo him. If I don't, if I can't outdo him, then I'm going to criticize him. Now I'm going to get on social media and blast him. Well, you know what? I don't agree with that. He wrong. Mm-hmm. And we got, you know, preachers and stuff doing this on yes, social media. It's called flesh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just beating each other up because you just disagree with something they say. And it's not wrong we disagree, but when you be, I say, be, attack people yeah. and, you know, beating each other, like, says, but I'm like, we all brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. So, you know, we're we not going to see it to everything I have, but we can do it in a way say, well, you know what? I don't see it her way, his way, and here's the reason why. I see the scripture as this. But yet still says, you know what? Be kind to your brother, mm-hmm. your sister. Says, okay, well, you know, we just don't see eye to eye on that. Mm-hmm. And be cool with it. And, you know, and I think the world, if they saw that more, then I think they'd be more prone to say, okay, well, I want to be a part of this too. They disagree, but yet they're not beating each other up or attacking each other and Call each other names, whatever the case may be. You know, that happened to me when I was young in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, a buddy of mine had a nice house, a couple of nice cars, uh, a good job, plenty of money, and his aunt died and left him a pile of money and a big house. And uh, I can remember thinking, why? I mean, what? I wasn't. I wasn't. I was jealous. I didn't even know why I was. I just kept talking to the Lord and saying, Why him when I'm in such need? Mm-hmm. Why? Why him? Why him? And later on, as I matured, that, that left me. But I can remember going through that, and it was a hard time for a while. But I think it happened to me. I mean, when I was under this pastor, and, um, he found out where I lived at. And, um, you know, when, and I, he never told me, but I, I saw his attitude shift toward this. Like, you know, when we've been good ministry, or bad, negative, it was negative. negative. Negative, you know, like no longer wrong side of the tracks, you know, like a no longer leading worship and mm-hmm. this and that. And he was like, Well, you know, he's beginning to limit me, and I'm like, But I didn't, 
Okay, I'm under your leadership. Mm -hmm. I'll do whatever you say. But then I found out later. How that come you, you had a house nicer in his house? Apparently so. That's I, what I never saw his house. That's but what I'm That's what I got back to me. It was like, okay, he saw your house. And so, and it was like, oh, I guess he felt like because he's pastor that he's supposed to be doing. And I was like, okay, I mean, the, so you, you mad at me because of what God blessed me with? Mm -hmm. And so, but I couldn't at the time. I couldn't understand why attitude changed. I was like, so I'm just like, okay, you know, he the pastor, whatever he wants, that's cool, you know. But when I found yeah, out yeah. later, but I was, I was um, Andrew Womack, you know, a lot of his teachings, you know, whether it's um, you know ten, you know, ways to be a good leader or receiving from God. A lot of the times he's always comes back to have your relationship with God. Right. Mm -hmm. That is the key to everything. And um, you know, to me that that's like the key. I mean, if you, you know, like I mean, God chose David, you know, but he, I think it's a scripture that supports where he said he was he was looking for a man that was after his own heart. Mm -hmm. And so that was David, you know, and so if you focus on your relationship and that personal relationship and you really and you have a thriving one and you're always focusing on it, then things like, you know, Jeremiah 20 and 11, you know, it's for whosoever, you know, he's got good things for me too. So when it happens to somebody else, it kind of helps to know that, you know, he, you know, Jeremiah 29 is for me too, so I know, you know, he's got good plans and good things for me too. Right. So it's just, you know, a matter of time or it's just something different or whatever, you know, but it's that personal relationship is so thriving and so important and so at the forefront. So like when somebody else receives or whatever, you know, from their relationship, then you just kind of so focused on yours that you know it, it's not as a it don't come as a threat or something. That's good. Yeah. We That's should good. say, teach me what you know. Right. Right. How how'd you get there? You know something I don't know. Right. Teach yeah. me. It's so you humble yourself and say, I want what you got. Show me how you got it. Right. Mm -hmm. I agree. That's that's all the approach I saw. Something like okay. Yeah, I mean, so show me what you know, or yeah. you know, I'm gonna, I might not say them to you, but I'm gonna look at I'm you, follow you, and, and look what you're doing. Says okay, because apparently he or she is doing something. So mm -hmm. yeah, if I want that, if I want to get to that level, I have to, you know, maybe find out what they're doing, mm -hmm. and you know, I say okay, God, this is. I feel like I want this, so I'm gonna pattern my life after that person. Mm -hmm. Well, I use it as the Holy Spirit lead me, mm -hmm. you know, so. Right, but first of me saying, okay, well, who does she think he is? Mm -hmm. Now, see, he says something very important as the Holy Spirit leads me. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Because understanding that some the manifestation of the blessing in somebody else's life may not come to stay the same way in yours. That's right. right. Just like the 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 analogy with the with the body, right? So the the foot shouldn't ask the the hand, how do you wear a glove? Because his, his purpose is not to wear, ever wear a glove. His purpose is to wear a sock and a shoe. Right. Now, there's some things that 
the foot may be able to glean from the hand, but the manifestation of the blessing is going to look different. Because right. of why? Because they have a different purpose. Yeah. Right. But the body is connected in the same. Yeah. I heard um, Nicole Marbach from Healing Journeys talk this week. I was just listening to some of her feed. She's really good. Kind of when I listen to something. And she was talking about you can't like bootleg a relationship off of, of God, with God, you know. And she was saying mm -hmm. like her relationship looks different from and she used to have a Healing Journeys she goes, you look at the camera. She goes, yours probably looks different than mine. And, you know, and she was just talking about each each of us relate with God. And it's coming in. We've been talking about it. It's, it goes over there. It's um, like you read a book and you, and I go, Terry, and go, I just read this book. You have got to read it. It blessed me so much. And you look at it and you go, um, okay, and you might take it. But six months later, you, know, you look at it and you go, have you read it yet? No, no. Like I, I read it and I say, I don't know what in heck Mary got out of this book. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm not where you are. Yeah, right. it, it, it was a myth. Look at what the story was, what the things was, was it like Andrew Space that give a healing, you know, God wants you well, and all those. He's the basic things based on the word. But if you write a story, and it's a good story, what God has did for you, it's still like Nicole has said. She goes, you know, my story is not yours, but it might be some people that are like me that have had the same things, and maybe it would bless them. But I said, mm -hmm. we're, no, we talk about the hero. No, there's no cookie cutter. That's right. Christianity. Every one of us are, are different and have different things going on. So we'll only get to our place of manifestation through our relationship with God. Right? So if, if I say, tell me what you've got. How did you get? It's all going to boil down to an aspect of your relationship with him. Would you guys hold the door open with those little flower things again? Either or the trash can. Okay. Yeah, we did the trash can. You used that This too. room is tiny. <laughs> and, that, and that chair hurts my hind. That's right. Man. See, that's that's the type of anointing we got here. We got rhyming. Yeah, I think. All right. Now this is just a follow-up on points we already made earlier. Now and that, that the outline says here. Elab was there when David was chosen king was chosen as the next king. Right. He saw Sam, he saw Samuel hear from God and pass over him and all the others in favor of the runt of the family. Elab was angry and jealous, thinking, why didn't God choose me? Then on the battlefield with Saul's army, Elab had just like the other soldiers, stood there hiding from Goliath. And here came his little brother saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That was the answer to his question. Why God didn't choose him? <laughs> he's watching it because David went out there and he's hiding. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And the next point here says, it forced him, the older brother, to either admit my youngest brother here is the one who's right. He's a powerful man of God, and I'm a zero or nothing. No, <laughs> that's, that's Andrew. That's Andrew. That's, that's Andrew. <laughs> you just go right through it. You know, or contend, I'm right and he's not. And then impute some kind of wrong to David. Right. right? So, and you know, the, the older brother chose the latter instead yeah. of the, the former. Yeah. All right. This happens all the time in court. When a person testifies and gives condemning witness against someone else, 
nine out of 10 times, this is what the lawyer's tactic will be. They'll turn on this witness and try to discredit them. If they're successful in their effort, then the court just throws his testimony out and all of the damage it could have done is reversed. This is done on an individual basis too. So you see how David's having a different spirit like Caleb, how he brought out that, drawed out the jealousy, the anger, and that reflection on the inside of, of it, because it, it, it showed, okay, there's some cowardice, there's some fear in me. So it takes a lot of humility to be able to see that and say, oh, you know what? I, I, I repent of that. Help me, Lord, help me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Right. Yeah. All right. Now let's go to Mark six. All right, and I'm gonna start in verse. Start at verse one. I'll read it from the New Living Translation again. Mark 6, starting verse 1. Excuse me. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom? and the power to perform such miracles. Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere, except in his home, own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Every time I read this, I'm like, I, I, I don't want to be verse six. <laughs> the Lord is amazed at their unbelief. I don't know, I'm trying to get forward. So what Jesus was just kind of, was he kind of setting a, I guess he just pretty much saying, this is how it is. You know, because, you know, when you're among your own family, as we said, you said earlier, you just, they don't recognize you as people outside of your family. They don't see you the same. Well, what's that old adage? Familiarity breeds contempt. Mm-hmm. Say it again. Con familiarity breeds okay. okay. contempt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's in our human nature, our natural selves. It's hard not to take things for granted. It's hard to kind of look over things and not give things the proper esteem and not be grateful. We talked about gratitude before a lot last last time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you think about it. And even the example I gave about the, the different utensils, 
because, you know, a lot of us came up in them families where you had regular utensils you used for dinner day, day, day by day, and then you had that special stuff that you only pulled out two, three times a year, right? Now, just because you're using that one spoon every day, does it make it less valuable in the sense of, does it, is it, Shouldn't you be grateful for that as well? Serving the same so purpose. It's, it's, it's less of a spoon. Yeah, it serves the same purpose. Because it's used every day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A nice spoon made out of silver doesn't work any better <laughs> than your stainless steel one. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It might look better, but it's the one you find at Walmart for them for yeah. a plastic spoon. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. the same purpose. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing, right? But the the natural inclination is to esteem that silver spoon that's in the cabinet if you only use it a couple times a year. But honestly, you could eat with the silver spoon every day and put a copper spoon up there Mm -hmm. and still kind of have a different attitude towards that copper spoon because why you're not familiar with it so you know it it there's a there's a line there between frequency of and comfort in your contact with with someone versus a a lot you allowing that to take that person's presence for granted. And I'm just going back to that point where the, the old folks used to say, you getting too familiar with God. Now think about the what, what Terry just said, familiarity breeds contempt. Now this is not this not to say that you shouldn't be talking to God or engaging him daily. That's exactly what he's looking for. But when you're doing that, make making sure you you're taking time to appreciate the privilege that you have. A balance of it. Yeah. It's just maintaining a reverence. Yeah. Cuz you're not just you're not talking to one of your you know, you just not you not talking to your your natural buddy there. He's your friend, but he also the creator of heaven and earth too. And knowing that you have that level of access to him, in spite of the reality that he is the creator of all things, it it should draw out a level of awe and appreciation that is just a gratitude that's through the roof. But again, it's, you know, striking that balance between the two, you know, having a having a a healthy fear versus a legalistic, petrified kind of fear. Right. Right. Because he he tells us to come boldly before the throne of grace. Can you imagine that? No, that's true. Because he's like he's not saying 
scones, nothing like sure. It's just all right. It's like, come, I'm, I'm waiting for you. Come. I spent years with him walking and fishing and sharing sunsets and sunrises. You know, talk to him just like he's sitting next to you. Then there are other times where he's like, holy, holy, holy. And, you know, get on your face. And that, and that just it, it speaks to the the various dimensions of the relationship. Because you know, in Proverbs says, "We you have a friend that stick of closer than a brother." But he's also referred to as the friend of sinners. But he is also the Lord God Almighty. He is the King. So he is all that. You was funny. You think we talk about the children thing all the time. They know you correct your child, you correct them with so much love that you correct them hard. And then three minutes later, they fall and skin their knee or something, and you just, you're just dispensing all kinds of love. Let me see this, let me see this. Or they, they fall and you catch them, they're not scared. You mm-hmm. could have balled them out, but they, when they're a little, at that age where they're like, I, this is my daddy, it's like, we well, spanked your butt. Still, my baby. It's both, you know. It's, I'm not going to do it anymore. No. But, you know, it's the awe of, it's like they have a balance. They just, mm-hmm. you get a good relationship with, you know, your children, the father. I think, too, being in awe of how humble God is, as God, because I had come to my mind, and this was back when we first started coming here again, like three years ago. Um, one of our last live, like Saturday nights, we did here. <laughs> I was, we were having worship and stuff. And it was, it was beyond your. I was praising God and stuff, but I had some issues with God or issues with what I thought God was still. And it was something along my life at that point, and something God had told me not to do, and I thought He did. I was pretty sure, and I'm like, I don't know how I got in conversation with God. It was really weird. It was like I was praising, but at the same time, it was like God was standing next to me mm-hmm. in worship. I, and I mean, you really can imagine it that way. Mm-hmm. It really felt like that anyways. I'm just kind of, you know, swaying and praising. But I was talking to God at the same time about the, the issue, you know, in my mind. I was talking about it, and I was like, and I think my being God was asking, like, why do you think I told you no over this? Or something like that. And I go, because I think it's for your greater will and your greater cause. And I was kind of sarcastic about it, but just the way I've been taught. Mm-hmm. And I heard little Avery like, oh, fire brimstone down on you. It wasn't like that. It was, okay. You know, he knew that's what I thought. And then literally that very absolute night, I found out why he told me no. It could have destroyed me. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, and it just, mm-hmm. and, and it really started, it was a big thing in my life. I remember that changed my perception of God, of him saying yes, no, or whatever. Because I was like, he didn't tell me no, because lots this big example is going to be, you know, thousands of years from now. I was like, he don't want me to hurt. And then that caused it. There's the awe that comes there. It's like, right. God, you were humble enough not to like go, poof, you know, like, you know, or beat me. You just were, he took it. It's like he knew why I thought that because I've been taught that. But it was, but this is why I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and that just goes back to that point too of, of how dangerous it is to try to measure the manifestation of the goodness of God in somebody else's life to yours like trying to have a natural measuring stick mm-hmm. because sometimes in, in in a direction that we may be going in, a, a closed door would be more of a blessing than an open one. Mm-hmm. 
Because we could be headed in a certain direction that we go through that. If we open that door, we're going to fall right off a cliff. So the most loving thing to do is for that door to be closed mm -hmm. and for us to be redirected. Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, when, when we, we see somebody else get a job that we think we want or a relationship we think we want, and it, it, that it doesn't turn out that way, then the temptation immediate in the, in the present is like, oh, man, I missed out. It could be true. Yeah, you missed out. You missed out on a whole lot of hell <laughs> that the much. devil had for you. Very, very much. Yes. Right. So, but again, to, to be able to, to, to walk through that and to recognize it, then that just takes that personal relationship with him. To understand, I'm a hand, so I need a glove. A sock isn't really going to do me no good. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing well with the underwear on my hand. <laughs> right? I, I, I got to, I got to, you know, receive from him what he has for me. Right. Just like they used to say, what, what the Lord has for me is for me. Now, looking at verse four again. Let's see in the in the King James says, "But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house." Was that true? So now, again, what is the how can we protect ourselves from not getting indignant or, you know, lashing out in anger when people don't give the honor that's due? Like you do anything else, wrecking yourself dead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to do something. Yeah, that's deep revelation. That was so so simple, but so profound. Yes, yeah. Wrecking yourself dead. Yeah. So we need some help. Well, I know I need some help with that. Yeah. We, all of us, all of us, I think we need help with that. Well, yeah, I'm it's, studying the book of Romans again. In, so. in, in, certain, in certain circumstances, really, for real. Because, you know, stuff can happen and can be said, and you know, okay, this ain't right. Yeah. But is it... How How is my response? What? If, how am I required to respond? Defenseless. You know? And it's like a dead person. If you're dead, you can't offend a dead person. Who was it that we, was it Curry that used to say, just picture yourself, this guy lying in his casket, and you're sitting there saying, you are the ugliest, blah, 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 blah. And the guy don't react. Why not? Because he's dead. <laughs> That's how we're supposed to be. Just be, your, be a corpse. <laughs> yeah. Now, that takes some deep fellowship with yeah. the Holy Spirit. Yeah, y'all start praying for me on that one. Woo. That's, that's, that, that's where I am. I'm in heavy, heavy rooms. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can hear that, but that's huh? Y'all gotta start praying that prayer every day. Help me to be dead. I'm not there yet. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you just reckon yourself dead. Yeah, reckon yourself right? dead. Because you haven't been. Yeah. You died. So, sometimes yeah. I'll try, and for a few minutes, I keep my mouth shut. And after a while, the dam breaks. <laughs> and I have to say something, you know? <laughs> Oh, man. So I'm saying it's knowing God's character and what he says. It's like, you know, um, 
someone says something about you and you know you're dead to that stuff you know what god says you know you mm-hmm. confident like david he, you know what god said and he mm-hmm. you know he didn't he let it all kind of just roll off and like remember, remember you were talking to me one time and, and and you said something to me and i said i don't care and you said that's your problem you really don't care because <laughs> 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 oh, if, if people say bad things i don't care I really don't. It doesn't bother me at all. I like what it's, it's, it's I like what Jesus said. You know, people that's close to it is tougher. And I find it to be true. People who are outside, you know, that, that are not close to me, yeah, you can oh, hear. I can just act like I'm dead. Yeah. I'm not, like, even when I work, you know, customers go off. I'm like, it don't phase me. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I'll move on to the next customer real quick. Mm-hmm. People who are close to me, it's a little tougher. It is. It's a little harder. You like you think they're supposed to know better. I'm like, why are you acting like this? Cause you know me. They don't know me. You know me. So, yeah, it's a little tougher to reckon yourself dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and just I, I go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I've been in situations where I, I was able to to wait or hold on a little while. And then I couldn't hold on anymore, and then I opened my mouth and I defended myself. And and then later on, wished that I had not said anything. Yeah, you regret it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. And then I had a couple of situ- situations where it's like I held on just long enough, and then God opened somebody else's mouth, or had another situation happen. And he came and defended me. Okay. And and so it was like I, I was. It really encouraged me to like, wow, man, those other times, but I just held on a little longer. So it really has to kind of help me in my walk, you know, just kind of hold on, because you know sometimes it takes minutes, sometimes hours, sometimes maybe a few days, but then it's like it seems like God comes around. He's he's your avenger. And and he's able to. I mean, he's actually defended me without me opening my mouth. If I can keep it shut just long enough, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good because you you know in in those moments you you're you're humbling yourself to say, okay, I I, I don't appreciate what's happening. I don't appreciate what's going on, but Lord, I give it to you. And he said. Vengeance is his. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, we have a choice. We can receive or we can be offended, attacked, and respond in our own flesh, or we can step out of the way. Well, that's your choice. Walk in the spirit or walk in the flesh. And what Kevin's describing is choosing to walk in the spirit. Now, I'm about to read a couple of hard scriptures here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, it's Romans 6 and 11 says, in the American standard, says, even reckon, even so reckon your, ye also yourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God in Christ Jesus. And Galatians 2 and 20. In the, in the New Living Translation, it says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
So that whole idea of being the walking dead. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's that's our calling, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what we are called to be the walking dead. So now if you got some friends that's kind of into the walking dead, you can say, hey, that's me. I'm one of them. I'm one of those. And sometimes it helps to just step out of yourself. I mean, because it, it's really not about us, right. right? And a lot of times the stuff that's coming, it's spiritual. Yeah. It's spiritual warfare. It's not personal. The enemy's just using those people. But sometimes if you just step back and say, wonder if they're just having a bad day today. And you begin to, to have compassion or, you know, think about the other person. Wonder what their day was like. Maybe they've had a horrible day. Just give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, think the best mm -hmm. regardless. That yes. helps me a lot. Just yeah. cool down and say, never, you know what? It's really not about me. Get, get yourself off your mind. Yeah, I'm, good. I'm good with that with people actually that are not close to me. Mm -hmm. I can do that. I'm, I can do that. People close to me, and then that's what I have to get better at. Because it's like, you mean you got a bad day? Like, what? You know, when people close to them, they still have a bad day. Mm -hmm. But they, once again, they have bad, like you said, they have bad days too. You don't know. So you have to give them the same grace. I remember you, had, exactly. dumb, you, know, so. you had two friends came in with you one time, and you had been talking about healing, and they did not like it. Remember? They're attacking you in the house. I wanted to. I wanted to attack them. I wanted to jump in, but I, I let her go. You know, and I thought, "Oh man, I need to step in here and do something." Mm -hmm. But uh, they still won't talk about healing with you. Well, then it's been years. You know what happened to me one time? I met a good friend of mine up in Giuseppe's for lunch, right? Mm -hmm. And she had been going through a real, real trial. And as we we're going in, she came from Charlottesville, so we're talking. How's how's your eye situation? And we sat down, and the next thing I know, she is hollering. You just think you're better. When you said that, you just think you're better than I am because you know all this stuff about healing, and you think I should be here. And she, and I'm actually turning around looking to see, is she talking to somebody back there? I didn't know she knew anybody else in this restaurant. I couldn't believe we're best friends. I couldn't believe she was talking to me like that. So I just, the Lord was gracious because I just, well, you know what? If I have ever done that, I ask you to forgive me because, boy, that's not my heart. She came, in with, a, she came in with another girl one time. Two of them. No, but oh, this yeah. was the most recent time. And I said, as far as that goes, let's just agree to disagree. What you know, what we believe about healing. That's and after a minute, it was as if it never happened. It was like a demon jumped on her. Mm -hmm. I'm looking around the restaurant. Who the world is she talking to? Because I couldn't believe she was talking to me. Right. Yeah. But I said, no, this is a time to humble myself because obviously I have offended her somehow. Or this is demonic, but. I was hearing Andrew say again, he goes, so much of it, what we, we're not dealing with flesh and blood. It's a person's being used mm -hmm. all the time, but a lot of times yeah, it's, it's just mm -hmm. they they well in well in ancients. But you have to train yourself to think that way. Mm -hmm. you know, when you first, then you you take it personal. Oh yeah. So you have to. Yeah, that's why I think once you have to exercise your um, senses. Yeah, Hebrews. 
Yeah. So you get that, right? Yeah. What do you say? You need prayer. <laughs> right. So you have to exercise the senses to understand, okay, it's not about it's like you said, it's not about me. It's just the enemy coming against mm-hmm. it. So it's not yeah. personal. Yeah. Yeah. I needed to take what Terry said and carry it around with me, play it <laughs> when you know, just throughout my day. Just to remind me, like, you know, that you wrestle <clears throat> not against flesh and blood. Because that that if if that's if that's something that is in the forefront of your mind, like you 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 filter things with their reality, then it, it is it'll it's better it's easier to respond in a godly way when you know just off the wall stuff happens, especially like what you, what you talking about, because when people that are close to you say things and and hurt you know hurtful nasty stuff or just you know it, it's you looking at them like you supposed to know better. Right. What's wrong with you? Yeah, exactly. You know, because but the thing about it is, is it the people that are closest to you are the ones who can wound you the most. Right. That's because why the enemy uses, uses them. Yeah. Because of the emotional equity they have. Yeah, I like that. You know, so they they're the so who is more of a threat to hurt you than People that's in your house. That's right. Spouse, yeah, your family, your, your kids, brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. right? <coughs> Parents. Those are the prime subjects. Didn't the Lord say the enemies will be those of your own your household? household. Yeah. <laughs> so why are we surprised, right? That's when it takes just more compassion, more you know, gentleness, and just keep realizing this is the enemy's attempt to bring disharmony into our household to get us distracted from off of something God's trying to do, divert our attention, and if you just see it for what it is instead of get sucked in. I was working at this place, and the guys that were there, we were putting a lot of hours in. It was like family, because you're there every day, sometimes seven days a week. And this one guy I've been witnessing to for about a month, and there was this other guy named Pete who smoked cigars and uh, was real vulgar all the time. Mm-hmm. And Pete was up at this place, and this other guy, Al, said, I'm going to go up there. And I said, well, Pete's up there. And he went up there, right? So about a half hour later, I'm in the break room. And Pete came in, chawing on a cigar, and he goes, what's a rebuke? I said, what are you talking about, what's a rebuke? He said, he rebuked me. He said, I feel like I'm going to throw up. And this guy, Al, he hadn't been saved but a couple days. Mm-hmm. And he was rebuking Pete. It was hilarious. I got two of those driving in the car the other day in my foot. Oh, cramps? Take it off the gas pedal and I'm Trials. yelling at my Sorry. foot as I'm driving. Yeah. That's how she healed. We yeah. checked out. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. She is healed. Just tell that you get in the bottom of your foot and your foot goes like that. You wake mm-hmm. up with them and I I, I'm immediately in the day. I'm just coming against them. It's all right. Thank you. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the end of the day, wow. it's it's not about what other people say, Mm-mm. and really, it's not even really what what you say, about what God said. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you you know because a lot of us have been programmed to say things about ourselves that are not in line with God's mm-hmm. will. So it's about what he say first. And what did he say? He calls you a king and a priest. Mm-hmm. I Call- love it. Keith Moore said he had a, somebody follow him from the sanctuary to his car in the parking lot. 
to bless him out. He's pointing his finger at him and saying, I don't agree with what you do. I don't like you. And Keith looked at him just so innocently said, if you knew me, you would like me. <laughs> Isn't that really the truth? Mm. Yeah. If we would just get past all this garbage, if you knew me, you would like me. All right, social media family. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. Good night. Good night.